What's up, 11 a.m.? Are you good? Come on, how about the people in the back? How you feeling? You all right? I didn't hear. Balconies. Wow, look at people in the balcony, man. Jesus comes back. He's coming there first, so praise God. Man, I'm so excited for what God has for us today. You know, I really, you know, this whole thing of, you know, being commissioned as lead pastors is absolutely insane, and I can't believe it, and still in awe, and it's, I've been really thinking about, like, asking this question, how did I get here? How did I get here? I couldn't tell you that there was this mapped out plan um, from when I was a kid, you know, he's gonna play soccer, go to school, get in some trouble, deal with some issues with some pot, and he's gonna be a lead pastor. Like, I wish, like, somebody would have told me that this is how it works. And I feel like I've never had a plan, but I do feel like I gave God something um, that he used to help me get to this place. It was called stupidity. <laughs> Sometimes when, when God is doing something new, the worst thing you could have is experience or intelligence because I just never felt like I knew what to do and now we're, we're in, I've been, now we're in this place, I've been feeling like I've been asking God like, how did we get here? And I felt like I could use this opportunity to encourage somebody, I'm telling you right now, you have to understand this. If God would allow me to be a lead pastor, some of y'all should be real encouraged right now. You just elbow your husband and say, you're going to be all right. I thought, uh, if, if God would let me be a lead pastor, you just need to turn to somebody you came with and be like, hey, you're you going to be all right. You're going to be all right. It's unbelievable what God has done. And so I, I feel like I want to talk to you about some of the, my struggles along the way, and I want to preach a message to you called trust issues. Trust issues. I believe in this next season of our life, the enemy is coming after believers who believe God, but they don't trust him. He, he's going to come after those areas that you rely on more than God. Those areas that honestly, if, you, if God took those areas and you still had God, you would be dissatisfied. Even though you still have Jesus, you don't have that. And so you would find your satisfaction lowering. The enemy is, is, is wondering and testing people's trust in God. And, and this entire time in my life, I felt like I believed that God existed. I believe that Jesus was the Son of God my whole life, but it's only been about 10 years since I've trusted him. And what God has done in 10 years of trust is unprecedented. And so I wanna share a passage of scripture with you today and then we're gonna jump straight into it. Promise me, I always make you promises, promise me you will read every passage of scripture here on your own and ask God to speak to you. I'm so grateful that people come and listen to the word but I believe God has something for you. As you go over these passages throughout your week, God will speak to you and give you revelation and information about the word of God. Man, one of these days, I'm gonna preach a message and you're like, I heard that. I got a, a, a great, there's a great leader and volunteer in our church who sends me verses every single day. And he's in the word every single day. And this, this morning, he sent me the verse I'm about to read to you. So imagine what his experience now gets to be because he gets confirmed, I hear from God too. I, I want to hear from God with you, not just for you. So I want you to turn your Bibles to Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. And it says this, trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Trust in the Lord with a little bit of your heart. 
give me a number three and a side of heart. Does God say that? No. He says, trust in the Lord with all. Not a little bit. In this season, a little bit of obedience ain't going to cut it. A little bit of hope ain't going to get you through it. Right? A little bit of love doesn't go a long way sometimes. You're going to need to trust God with all. And this word trust, I can just simply define it as to rely fully, live in full dependence on God. That's trust. So many times God has to teach me trust by removing in the things that I trust more than him. It says trust in the Lord with all your heart and, and lean not on your own understanding. I'm grateful when I came to Oasis that I was stupid because I didn't have understanding to lean on. So I had no choice but to trust God because I didn't know what was going on, had no understanding. And it says, but when God gives you wisdom and understanding, when God gives you blessing and favor, when God gives you the promotion, do you lean on it? Do you rely on it or do you rely on God? It says, trust in the Lord. Do not rely on your own understanding. Then it says this, seek his will in all you do, in everything you do, and he will show you which path to take. We're going to pray this morning. Father in heaven, I thank you that you can use this imperfect preacher to preach your perfect and holy word because you are that good. So Jesus, help me. I need your help. People need to hear from you. Reveal yourself to them, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. I wanna start this sermon with a public service announcement. I hate Disneyland. <laughs> Sorry for all you Disneyland people that wear Mickey ears, grown folk running around with Mickey ears embroidered. You want me to pray for your finances but you spent $50 on a Mickey hat here to deliver somebody. I hate Disneyland. Hate it. Matter of fact, from the time my, my daughter was young, I trained her to not want to go to Disneyland. This is a true story. We had a big laundry basket, and I would put my little girl in the laundry basket, and I'd swing it back and forth. Babe, am I lying? This is the teacup ride. We don't need no Disneyland. This is free. You're not about to pay me. I'm not about to pay $300 so you can make me want to throw up. No, thank you. $300 to make me nauseous. I'm good. I trained her from when she was a kid, but it didn't work because she goes to school. See, I knew I should have homeschooled her because she started going to public school, and these people start telling her, I went to Disneyland with my parents this weekend. We went to church. <laughs> and it was free. I feel like it's a, it's a I, I, it costs me more than what I give to the church to get in Disneyland. I hate Disneyland. I'm here to tell you I hate it. I went in July, took my two kids, right? We parked in the parking lot that they strategically placed 13 miles from the park. <laughs> so that I have to get in a tram and be bussed in. I thought we were at Disneyland. Now I got to be bussed into Disneyland. Walked into Disneyland, I'm telling you, I'm not making this up. We weren't inside Disneyland until we had been at Disneyland for an hour and 20 minutes. They charged me $300, I had to take out a loan. Stop by the bank, charged me 300 something dollars. By the time I get into the park, I'm starving. Walk into Disneyland, there's this corn dog stand. I said, okay, it's getting, somebody said, hallelujah. 
get my little corn dog. They said, that'll be $25 for some cornmeal wrapped around a hot dog. Like, listen, I'm going to have to take, I'll just start breaking it up in little pieces and taking communion. Because if it just costs $25, I better encounter the Lord with this corn dog. Thank you, Jesus, for the body that was broken. You can take communion with a corn dog. That's what happens when it's $25. Then she says, oh, but it comes with a bag of chips. Don't nothing come with nothing if it costs $25 for a corn dog. I should get a bag of chips. This should come with salvation. <laughs> now I'm there an hour and a half, and we still haven't gotten on a ride. Then we get on this really dumb ride called the, the rocket. The, what this rocket? The seatbelts are all loose took me and my son all in the air. I thought we were gonna die. It wasn't even right. Leaning all out of the side, you seen that rocket? And, and the place was called Tomorrowland, which makes sense, because I don't want to come back here tomorrow. <laughs> I know why you called it Tomorrowland. So we went, I'm not making this up. Hundreds of dollars. I, people are dying in this world. Hundreds of dollars. Bought one of my kids, one of them $8 suckers. We got on three rides in seven hours. Hate Disneyland. This was in July. So I went back a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I did. But this time, it's a much different experience. We have a friend who goes to our church who is an actress on uh, an ABC show. It's owned by Disney. News alert, Disney owns everything. This church is actually owned by Disney. <laughs> Founded by Mickey Mouse in 1949, and then Philip and Holly became the lead pastors in 84. But. So then she took us to this experience. And she says, you got to go back to Disneyland. I said, I'm not doing it. You got to go to Disneyland with me. And I'm not doing it. She says, I'm going to get you something called a guide. I said, what is a guide? I'm telling you, it's a lady or a guy, and you pay like $1,500 per family member. We paid nothing. She provided all this. All four of my family went to this. This is a, a person who takes you everywhere in Disney, takes you through the back way. This is not the fast pass. The fast pass is now beneath, beneath my anointing. This is something that is like next freaking level. She like walks you around through the back Disney people are in the back having meetings, plotting their takeover of the world, and you just like interrupt their meeting, and you just walk, and you get to the front of the line, and the guy tells you where to sit in the ride. You wait, you don't wait at all. She's with you the entire time getting you to the front of the line. She said she knew which stands had which flavors of churros. We got on 13 rides in six hours. Halfway through this experience, I started lovingly and affectionately referring to her as Disneyland Jesus. <laughs> Disneyland Jesus, can I have a churro? Yes, you can. It was amazing. I looked at her halfway. We were having so much fun. I looked at her halfway, and I said, are you going to be with, it, with us the whole time? She looked me in my eyes and said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I said, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the Spirit of God coming up on the inside of me. She was with us the entire time. She would tell us what to do, when to do it. And we never worried about a plan 
because we were with someone who knew the plan. Now here's the crazy thing. She never once commanded us to do anything. She never demanded that we, it was like she loved, I don't know if you know the Bible says this, love does not demand. She would make suggestions and we had the option to listen to those suggestions. And every time we did, it improved the experience See, what I hated three months ago, I love today because I had someone that I trusted guiding me through the process. I, I want to tell somebody today that maybe the situation you're in is not as bad as you think it is. Maybe God, matter of fact, God has sent a guide, the Holy Spirit, to direct you, to guide you, to lead you. And somebody in this place, the very same thing you said you hated, you're going to love it in this next season if you would trust Jesus to guide you. This passage of scripture we just read, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and, and God will show you the path. I don't know about you, but I don't want the path. I want the plan. Don't show me a path. I want the plan. Come on, you ways people. It's telling you make a left, make a right, and you click on it and watch the whole thing. You want to know where it's going to go before? You trying to be ways? The worst thing, you know what the thing that would have ruined my experience with Disneyland Jesus? If I'd have tried to do her job. It wouldn't have mattered that she said she will never leave me or forsake me. I had to listen for it to alter the experience. And I'm realizing in my life, as we have this celebration service, God has been with me my whole life. I've only trusted him for a third of it. So I feel like God's gonna use my life to help people trust God earlier. My life has been about trusting God for 10 years. I'm 42. I spent 32 years believing in a God that I didn't trust. So I was always off of the path. The Bible says in the original translation that it'll make your path straight. You know why it took me so long to get here? Because God knew the plans he had for me, but I was too busy because I wanted to control walking on a crooked path. And there's so much that God has for you, but the Bible says if you trust him, you don't have to go in circles. You don't have to be confused. I don't know about you, but I don't want God to follow me around the keyboard, up the steps into addiction and shame and unforgiveness. I don't wanna be over here. The Bible says if I trust God, he will make my path straight. I'm speaking over somebody a season of acceleration because as you trust God, he's gonna make your path straight. You're gonna be able to march into all that God has for you. I'm here to get somebody off the crooked path. God's still gonna do it, but maybe it's like the Israelites where they set out on an eight-day journey, but it took them 40 years. 40 years. They made their entire life the 405. <laughs> Remember, I was dating somebody like 20 years ago. She said she lived in Culver City. I said, you're dead to me. <laughs> I'm not getting on the 405 for nobody. I'm just kidding. 
But he says he, he's, he's going to make the path straight. We always want the plan. God is saying to somebody here, you keep praying for clarity. You keep, are you, anybody feel uncertain? Welcome to Christianity. Everything in my life I was sure of, I found out I wasn't sure of. And everything in my life that I wasn't so sure of, I find out I should have been sure. I'm telling you, I'm here to encourage somebody, stop praying for clarity, and if he gives it to you, can you come give me that anointing? Because I don't. God never tells me what he's going to do. I prayed for somebody this week, and they said, I'm just, I'm so anxious. I just, I'm graduating from college in May, and I don't know what's going to happen in June. I said, me neither. <laughs> I'm raising kids, pastoring a church, and I don't know what's going to happen in June. I feel like I know the step. I feel like I know where I'm at. Here's the interesting thing. You can spend so much time searching for a plan, you get off the path and search for a plan. Anybody a detailed person? You took the Enneagram and it says you have the right to know? I, I, Enneagrams are helpful, but God doesn't care if you're a seven. He doesn't care if you're a one. Just because he wired you to be a one doesn't mean he's going to give you a detail that he doesn't want to give you. I don't know the plan. People, somebody reached out to me, I want to hear your vision for the church. I want to hear your vision. Vision. What's your vision? I'm like, stay alive, don't cheat on my wife, make sure I don't smoke weed again, that's my vision. <laughs> that's our new message statement. It's going to be on the website this week. Sorry, I didn't tell Phil Mahon. Stay alive, don't smoke weed again, don't cheat on your wife. That's my vision. <laughs> and hope God uses it. Because sometimes I just don't know. I'm just trusting. I don't know the plan. I don't have a lot of details. We do feel God speaking to us about some stuff, and I'm, I'm trying to get somebody delivered from detail in this season. Because God's not going to tell if I would have come up with a plan on how I could be a lead pastor, it would involve going to Bible college, being raised in a pedigree, fifth-generation pastor's kid, and da-da-da-da-da, and none of that happened. I just would be redirected by the Holy Spirit to stay on the, the, the path. Do you know how many times I almost got off this path? I left Oasis Church out of a fence from January 2012 to April 2012. I want you to fathom that I left the church because I got offended. Not even from Philip and Holly, who were the pastors, just people. So I put what people did on, on my leaders and I left. And I was at a church worshiping and I remember it like it was yesterday. I said, this is my church. And God said, no, it ain't. What you're getting ready to celebrate tonight, I almost left. God is, the enemy's trying to get you to leave what you'll be celebrating in five years. Did you hear what I just said? I said the enemy's trying to get you to leave something you'll be celebrating in five years. David said, I was glad that you afflicted me. 
So I went back in April 2012, and I had some pride issues, thought I heard from God, and which I did, but I handled it all wrong, telling everybody what God is saying, running around here, acting like I own the place because I hear from God. That's what I was doing. So they told me I had some pride, and they wouldn't let me serve in certain areas, and so I had to serve on the welcome team. And back then, we gave out hot chocolate. So I was so spiritual, I started making the marshmallows spiritual in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Like, this is going to be anointed. Make no mistake about it. And I remember being so frustrated in that season because I was looking for a moment with God to show me, right? And God's saying, no, this isn't about a moment. This is about a marshmallow. God's not trying to give somebody a moment. He's trying to give them a marshmallow. He says, why don't you just serve? You've been in your prayer closet for six hours. Now I need you to serve. Like, I get it. All that stuff is amazing. Now I need you to serve. And to this day, I didn't realize that marshmallows were a part of the plan. Because God had to burn the pride out of my heart. Little did I know that with every marshmallow, God was saying, you're getting ready for what I have for you because you're just willing to serve. We have so many people that want to preach, but they don't want to serve. We have so many people that want to own businesses, but they don't want to serve. What if God doesn't want to give you a moment? What if God wants to give you a marshmallow? Little did I know. Little did anybody know. If you've been here more than 10 years, it is possible, shoot, I don't want to cry, that the next lead pastor could have just put a marshmallow in your cup. Discourages, I don't know what, having no idea what the plan was. But I just did what God told me to do in a moment. And this happens all the time. It's kind of really frustrating. Last week, I picked up a friend of mine. I pick him up for church almost every Sunday I can, my friend Omar. And I stopped by and got my cup of coffee. And I get in the car, my cup of coffee, and I feel like God told me, you didn't ask him, did he want a cup of coffee? And this was after they made the announcement that I was the next lead pastor. <laughs> hey, God, you still telling me this stuff? So I go back in there. I said, what kind of coffee you want? He says, black, cold brew. So I'll take a black cold brew, and I'm really about to serve. I'm going to sweeten it up for him because I don't like black coffee. So I'm hoping this works. Jump back in the car. My, I feel my phone vibrating, but I'm carrying two coffees because I'm trying to serve my friend. Jump in the car, set the, car, the coffee in the cup holder, pull out my phone, and he says, with cream. And I'm already driving down the street. And I'm, it's been announced that I'm the next lead pastor of the church. I'm not. I said, this brother's drinking this coffee black today. I know that. I know that. I know that. <laughs> this was last week. Holy Spirit said, I want you to take him wherever he needs to go to get cream. I said, Holy Spirit, did you not hear the announcement? <laughs> People get cream for me. <laughs> Ain't that how we act, though, when God promotes us? So I pick him up, he gets in the car. I said, hey man, I didn't see the text. He said, oh, it's cool. No, nah, man, I feel like I'm supposed to take you to, we drove to Starbucks, gets out of the car. I was another 15 minutes late and he put cream in his coffee. And I wanted to tell somebody, you might think it's leadership, you might think it's preaching, but I want to tell somebody today, 
I honestly believe I got here today through marshmallows and cream. Can I? And I want to tell you, because I know I want you to get there earlier than I did. I, I want to tell you, don't put down the marshmallows and pick up a mic. Don't do it. Because you're going to be walking on a crooked path. And the Spirit of God wants to make your path straight. But we cannot be obsessed with a plan that we missed the marshmallow. You know, there are over 60 verses in the book of Psalms and Proverbs about the paths of God. 60 verses. I hope you have some time this week. I hope you are convicted to read all 60 verses because in this season, the enemy's trying to get you off the path. Maybe you never went to Bible college, but I want to encourage you, become a Bible scholar on the path of God. I just want to read to you a few of these verses of what happens when we trust God, we seek him uh, in, in all of our will, and we don't depend on our own understanding. Watch what it says in Luke 1, just a few verses about the path of God. Luke 1, verse 78 through 79 say this, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness. I'm going to read it again. Because of God, and hopefully I'm going to put it on the screen. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. Get that visual in your head. Morning light from heaven is about to break upon you to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. You might be sitting in darkness. You might be living your life in death's shadow, and it says heaven's light is about to break. This is my prayer for this next season, that heaven's light breaks upon us. And what is it there to do? To guide us to the path of peace. You don't have to worry about the promise. You just need to worry about staying on the path. The Bible says that God had plans for you before the foundations of the earth were laid. I want you to fathom that. I, my, my friends are here, in great encouragers from, from San Antonio, Texas, Pastor Daniel and Janelle. They have a great church called Grace Avenue Church. Come on, talk about a path. Grace Avenue. And I want you to get this in your head. Imagine this, that God was creating the heavens and the earth, and he knew about that and had a plan for that. You imagine him getting ready to, 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 to create the heavens and, and the earth. He hasn't even created the animals, the oceans, the sea, the mountains don't exist, and he turns to, to one of the angels, maybe Gabriel or Michael, and he says, hey, you know there's these two before I say, let there be light, there's these two people that I'm going to send to San Antonio, and they're going to start a church. Their name is Daniel and Janelle. It'll be about 3,000 years from now, but I'm going to do it. And the angel says, where's San Antonio? He said, I ain't made it yet. Come on, man. <laughs> and we get so stressed out wondering if something's going to happen. And God said before he said, let there be light, he knew. He knew the plans he had for you. Before God said, let there be light, he said, let there be a plan. Why are we so worried about it? He says, 
I'm going to guide you to the path of peace. Deuteronomy 5, verse 32 through 33 says this. So Moses told the people, you must be careful to obey all of the commands, Lord your God, following this, his instructions in every detail. Stay on the path. The Lord your God has commanded you to follow. Then you will live long. Then. We don't need to pray for prosperity and blessings sometimes. Because if we just stay on the path, then prosperity and peace is a result of the path. We don't need to worry about the plan. The path guarantees the plan. He said, just stay on it. Don't leave the church. Don't leave your job. If you're a Starbucks, don't leave Starbucks. If you're a telemarketer, go ahead and leave that. But I'm talking about any other job. Because any other job, you stay where God has called you. He says, then you will leave, live long and prosperous lives. Psalm 119, verse 35 is a really humbling verse. It says, make me walk along the path of your commands. I wish Disneyland Jesus was here because it says, for that is where my happiness is found. Most people don't follow God's commands because they think they're going to end up unhappy. But God says, I know what will lead you to happiness. I want to have fun. I just want to have fun. I'll be honest with you. I, I've committed a lot of sins in my life, and they were fun. People always like to tell you about sin. You know, sin, oh, no, sin is fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I had so much fun sinning. Sometimes I was sinning, I just yelled it out. I'm having fun! <laughs> yelled it out. But, but what happens is the enemy watches. He, he, he produces sin from your own twisted desires. And, and then he adds, watch what he does. He adds four words on the end of fun. And in one season you're having fun, the next season you're at a funeral for all of your hopes and all of your dreams and everything you ever wanted God to do because sin leads to death. So he makes, he just gives you half the word. He, he just gives you, he just gives you fun. And next thing you know, you're at a funeral that used to be fun. And he says, oh, I didn't finish the word. You thought it was fun, but it's really a funeral. And Jesus died to resurrect what sin killed. And so I, I don't want to have fun that leads to a funeral. I don't want you to have fun that leads to a funeral. I don't. So it says we got to stay on the path. And he says, make me walk. And you'll be happy. Stay on the path. You'll, you'll be happy. Look at Psalm 65, 11. This is another great verse. I wish I could read all 60, but listen to this one. You crown the year with a beautiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. God said, you stay on the path, I'll crown a year. Can you imagine? See, plans involve titles. It wasn't a plan that, that, that I would just be lead pastor. It's, the title's not the point. Plans involve titles, but they're not about a title. David was crowned with a title, king, but he had to operate in the title of shepherd. 
And he had to live in a title that was less than the plan to learn how to live in the title that was the plan. So if you got a title, don't, don't, don't spice it up. If you're a janitor, just be a janitor. You're not the sanitation director. You don't need to spice it up. Because in this next season, there are janitors who are becoming kings. Do you understand what I'm saying? So everything in your life that you hate, I wonder if God's gonna use it to lead, lead you to what you love. And if you focus about what you love, you'll be like me, and it'll lead you to a place that you hate. And I want people to come in. I love that we come in. You can come as you are. You can come in here broken. I know some of you have disobeyed God. I'm not trying to be hard on you, but I believe 10 years from now, our church will be what it's supposed to be if we can come in worshiping and go out to the city to the broken. I want this to be a hospital for some people, but it's gotta be a military base for others. Where we are mobilized to meet the needs of the city of Los Angeles and all over the world. All over the world. We gotta stay on the, the path. Psalm 77, 19 says this, that your road led through the sea. He's talking about when Moses parted the waters. He said, your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. So when I first got to Oasis, I, I, I ran into a wall of offense. And I didn't know that God was going to create a pathway through the thing that I thought was stopping me. Some of you are running from something and you're looking for the path. And some of you, it's not even disobedience. You're trying to find the path of God. You really want to live the purposes of God, but you don't believe that God can create a path through your pain. Feel like God is telling somebody we're not going around this one, we're going through it. What you get to is what you go through. Stop taking you through it. And the Bible says that the Red Sea parted and they walked through it and Pharaoh and the Egyptians tried to follow them. God's gonna open up a path and pornography will try to follow you. God's gonna open up a path and fear will try to follow you. God is going to open up a path and discouragement will try to follow you. God's going to open up a path and all of your pain in your past will try to follow you. But I want to encourage somebody. If you just step through the path that God has created for you, the waters are going to close up over your fear. The waters are going to close up over your discouragement. Some things you get delivered from are based off the path you're willing to walk through. Since nobody knew the path was there. Somebody's in so much pain, and I want you to say, no, 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 it's a path. My pathway is through pain. Somebody's in uncertainty. No, 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 it's a path. You don't know your future, but it's a path. God's opening up the path and the place he takes you. I don't know about you. I don't like surprises. I feel like people say, how do you and Christina feel? I feel like God just went, surprise! 
confetti everywhere. And we're limping, jacked up and dying, like, oh, shoot. And he just says, surprise, dumps confetti on him. You're going to be lead pastor? I didn't know. I didn't know. And honestly, I, I wouldn't have wanted to know. I wouldn't have. I would not. God laid out all of that. I'm like, no, thank you. I remember I, me and Philip sat in the airport once for three hours and I wanted to be a pastor. I asked him to tell me everything he had been through. The end of that, I wanted to be a rapper. I'll, I'll rap about Jesus, 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 Jesus on the cross, Jesus, Jesus on the cross. I ain't pastoring people, ungrateful, leaving the church, betraying people. I'm good. I'll just be a rapper. He told me about his path, and I almost rejected my promise because I don't like the path. I'm telling you, if you, you, you stay on the path. Here's a crazy thing. There's this verse in Jeremiah, and all of this starts with trust, and, and I want to encourage you. I know you don't know the plan, but this is what I found. It is better to trust God with a bad plan than to have a good plan and you don't trust God. I'm going to say that again. It's better to trust God with a bad plan than to have a good plan and you don't trust God. In Jeremiah 29, 11, there's this beautiful verse that, that so many people quote, and um, it's on coffee mugs and bumper stickers and memes. It's so amazing. God says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, give you a future and a hope, and, and we, we love to encourage our Christian friends with this stuff and they're looking for a job and we're like, hey, I got a word for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, but it never once says God's gonna tell them to you. It says he knows. I'm so grateful for Oasis Church and that we're being entrusted with this legacy. But if I started a church, it might be called I don't know church. Because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what God's doing. I just know if I stay on the path, it's going to be good. And he tells them about a plan, but before that, he tells them about the will. He says, this is the text of the letter that the Jer prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. He says, this was after King Jehoiachin and the queen mother, the court officials and the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the skilled workers and the artisans, people with skill and artists. They were in a place that they didn't want to be in. He entrusted this letter to Elisa, son of Shaphan, and to Gamariah, son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. And this is what it said. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all of those I carried into exile, all of those I carried into the place they don't want to be in. It says, build houses and settle down. Chill out. In the place you want to get out, chill out. Trust me. And, and then it says this, plant gardens, get a green thumb. Not that kind of green thumb, like plant like regular plants. Not oregano, you might get triggered. I'm talking about tomatoes. Plant a plant, 
and eat what they produce. Now, I didn't know the plan when I first got to Oasis, and I didn't want to be in this place. I didn't even know if I wanted to be in church. But my pastors were producing, and I ate what they produced. In the place I didn't want to be in, I had to learn to eat from what other people produce. And then it says this thing right here, which is so powerful, marry and have sons and daughters. I did that. Find wives for your sons. Didn't do that. But you know what's cool? I'll probably do that in this place. The place that started that I didn't want to be in. Didn't want to be in church. I want to do it my own way. And the very place that I didn't want to be in. Wow. I'll, I'll be able to do all these things in, in this place. And then it says, watch this, increase in numbers there. Don't decrease. If you decrease in a place because you don't feel like the place is increased, you won't be ready for increase. You got to increase in the place that feels like decrease or you will decrease in the place that feels like increase. Can you increase here, right where God has you? And it said also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city, the place that I've carried you to. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you will, will too prosper. I didn't have a plan. I was just trying to make my pastor's plan prosper. That's it. Bible says in Acts chapter two, the old men will dream dreams and the young men will have vision. And I remember the Lord spoke to me years ago and said, I want you, you're a young man, you're younger, Pastor Phillip's older, they're, they're older. I want you to have vision for their dream because I'm doing a thing with multi-generational. And it said that if, if I seeked sought out the prosperity of other people. It would guarantee my own prosperity. So it says, do that. And this is really hard stuff. It says, by the way, there are some people who are going to come and try to tell you, you don't have to do that. Don't listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies in my name. The dream that is about you is a lie. It's got to be about the people. God says, I have not sent them. This is what the Lord Almighty says. When 70 years, you got to trust God with his timing. When 70 years are completed, I will come to you. You don't need to pursue the plan. Pursue Jesus. Trust Jesus. And Jesus will come to you and say, this is the plan. This is the place. This is the dream. This is the calling. This is the purpose. He says, I'm going to come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, give you a future and a hope. You just need to stay on the path. I want you to stand to your feet. This has been about a path. This has been about a path. This has been about a path. Trust in God on a path. I feel like the Lord's going to redirect some people back to the path. I want you to understand this. This is why 
We preach the word of God. This is why I encourage you to read the word of God because the word helps you do the will. What does it say? There was ever say, seek God's will in all your ways. The word helps you do the will. The will keeps you on the path. The path guarantees the plan. Just stay on the path. Oh, there's some tempting things to get, to get you off the path. But I want to give you one of my top three secrets to success. I haven't figured out the other two. But I'm going to tell you this one. And the other two will come later. later to me. When, when, when I first came to Oasis in September 2010, I got stuck in a season of my path. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I couldn't stay on the path because I couldn't move. I was paralyzed with addiction, paralyzed with fear. So I'm going to give you one of my secrets to success. I hitchhiked. I got in Philip and Holly's car. Can you believe that? If you don't know what you're going to do, find someone who does and serve them. And don't get out of their car. You might have some uncomfortable times in a car. You might drop a few marshmallows in cups. You might preach two years later than you thought you would. You might have to serve in kids. And I want to tell you something. Maybe it's because I served in kids. Our kids ministry two weeks ago was were 19% men in a city where 60% of the kids don't have fathers. Don't clap for that. That's a terrible percentage. 19%. So we talked about it in Growth Trap. And 25 men signed up to be mentors to young kids. And now we're at 35%. In one weekend, because somebody said yes to the pad. What if it was that? What if it's not the gift? What if it's not the leadership? What if it's the marshmallows and the puppet shows and the cream? and the stupid stuff that you think is not part of the plan. That's the whole plan. What if it's hijacking, hijacking? What if it's hitchhiking? I'm hijacking this church from y'all. I'm the captain now. I had to, that, Somali, that was a bad Somalian voice, but. But maybe that's a word. Maybe somebody is trying to hitchhike instead of, uh, maybe somebody is somebody trying to hijack instead of hitchhike. Because you don't want to wait. You're trying to take a platform from somebody that God didn't give to you. Just put a couple marshmallows in cups, write some puppet shows. I remember, you know, thank God, Neither one of our pastors have cancer. But I remember driving Pastor Philip to his first cancer appointment, or one of them, and sitting in there in the waiting room. What if it was that? What if it wasn't any of my prayers? What if it wasn't any of the gift or the preaching? What if it was just simple stuff that kept me on the path? What if it was that? I'm telling you, God is so faithful. The Bible says even the hard pathways, 
can tell you this, being honest, God is so good. Some of the paths are so hard. But you won't see the goodness of God if you won't walk on a hard path. And I think I might be here because I don't want the title. I just want Jesus. And my life, I, that's not always what I wanted. I wanted everything. I wanted my way and stuff. And I want to encourage you. You, you stay on this path. Don't move. <laughs>